Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And welcome back to Hardline. This is Kevin Hardwick uh, in studio with Andy Kowalczyk, senior at Clarence High School. Uh, had that forum a week or so ago, and Bud Schroeder, Chairman Emeritus, uh, Emeritus of Scope. That's what uh, that's what he tells me, Chairman Emeritus. Uh, anyway, we're going to go to your call shortly. If you're trying to call now, uh, you're not going to get in. You're going to hear a busy signal because we got a full bank of callers. However, you hear someone hang up. Uh, it's your turn to call at eight oh three oh nine thirty, and we'll try to get you on. Um, before we do, however, just a point of personal privilege. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what we're doing here this morning uh, for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I look across at Andy. He's 17. He's been in the news a lot lately. He's, uh, he's, he's not sitting back and playing with his fidget spinner or whatever or video games. He's actually trying to make a difference in our community. Whether I agree or disagree with him, uh, whether I agree or disagree with the way he and uh, the Parkland students are going about, I, you know, I deal with students all the time at Canisius College, and I try to get them inspire him to get active uh you know 40 years or so i can uh, i saw myself in his position i don't know if uh, bud i don't know if you know this about me but uh, when i was 18 i was elected to a school board uh, i had detention on the day i was elected that's where i started my political career um and uh and uh, now i can uh, look at the look at other students and see what they're doing so i'm excited about this i'm also excited at something else that uh, i think we don't have enough of these days uh, is civil uh, discourse. And I think we're having some of that this morning, and I want to compliment my other guest, uh, Bud Schroeder, for that. I want, I'm complimenting Andy for being young, and I'm complimenting Bud for uh, being civil, because Bud and Andy disagree, but we're having some nice discussion. Hopefully the callers will be the same, and we'll kick that off right now. And I know the first one will be good, because it's uh, John from Rochester, and talked to John uh, for many years now. John, welcome back to the program. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Kevin. And Andy, uh, don't let I'm a UB grad, so don't let Kevin. <laughs> All right, we're going to dump you right now if you go on, John. Get to your question. <laughs> okay. Uh, for, this is the question for, for, for uh, both of you guys. Uh, listen, uh, I'll tell you, the, one of the issues I have not heard a lot about in, in the protests or the defense from uh, the pro-gun people is the violence in the movies and the entertainment industry, which I think has a tremendous negative effect on people mm-hmm. susceptible to uh, uh, violence uh, who are mentally unstable. And uh, the other issue, too, is psychotropic drugs. Psychotropic drugs uh, has, are over-prescribed, and uh, some of their after-effects include suicidal tendencies, mm-hmm. type of thing. Well, on, on, on both the pro-gun and anti-gun stances, where is that discussion? I have not seen it. John, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, cut you loose, but thank you for those questions, and uh, we'll get their responses. Uh, yeah, uh, Andy, yeah, you know, uh, Bud, I'm I'm gonna ask you of Andy, but Bud, I'm I'm looking at you. I mean, 
Uh, Andy grew up with violence in the media. He doesn't remember John Wayne movies where violence was not really all that violent and gory and everything like that. There were always the good guys always won, and we didn't glorify the bad guys and the wanton violence. Um, what do you What do you think? I mean, does does John bring up a good point here about violence in the media? Of course, here we're not talking about Second Amendment; we're talking about First Amendment concerns here. I think there's a particular particular way to look at it. I think that. Our perception of it, after being exposed to it so long, it's it's so many people are exposed to these kinds of movies that our response as a society when one of these things happens is it's it doesn't register with us. Mm -hmm. We can't really understand it because we've seen it so much in not a real you're, context. You're numb. Yeah. So, but I don't think that necessarily pushes someone to the degree to actually commit one of these crimes. I think it has a lot to do more with our response to it. Hmm. You, you you don't think that it obviously it doesn't push most of us to it. I mean, it, is it a similar argument though that you can make uh, or you're trying to make that Bud made earlier when he said that one quarter of one percent of people is all that you know that do bad things with guns? Well, the violence in the media doesn't affect most of us. We don't go on a killing spree and we don't emulate our favorite villain from our you know terrible movie. But that that person on the edge does you know isn't there a chance doesn't John from Rochester have a good point it it pushes him over the edge well I mean I think the difference with that is he he cited a statistic whereas when you look at this argument the studies found on it are largely inconclusive we don't have a a place to stand on we can't yeah. really make a say yes or no on it so nice. we have to understand that night good answer good great answer a mature answer man this yeah. this guy you know it great I, I mean really uh, it, we got to worry about this guy but. I'm not worried. Guys. I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. Yeah. Me too. Go ahead, bud. Actually, uh, I wrote a column on this a couple of weeks ago. I write a weekly column for a local uh, newspaper. And uh, the point that uh, we bring up that guns have not changed over the last 100 years. You've had the semi-automatics uh, for more than a uh, century. But people have changed. And I remember, like you did, the old days with the media, we didn't have the games that they have now where you get extra points for killing somebody electronically mm -hmm. and so far. People have changed on that, and I think what this media and the violence that is they're exposed to all the time has desensitized them. Yeah. And when you get that uh, those uh, feeble-minded few or the evil few, that instead of violence being horrifying, it becomes entertainment. Good. Let's uh, a, a line did open up. It was taken right away. So again, uh, if you're calling right now, it's uh, it's going to be fruitless. You want to wait till someone hangs up and then get in at eight oh three oh nine thirty. Let's go uh, to Kevin in Pendleton. Kevin, welcome to the program. Thank you for holding. Okay, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, my question is to both the, the young gentleman and to Bud. Um, when I, for example, I've been to uh, one scope rally in Albany, and I've been to one or two of their dinners, and I couldn't help recognize that the individuals or the political answer that that Scope seeks always seems to only come from Republicans. Now, I know Bud said he's a conservative, but as an independent, I'm mm -hmm. you that the, the whole opinion is that the conservative party is nothing more than the junior version of the Republican Party. And my question to them is that why haven't you all also brought to the table, like the Libertarians, for example, and other minor party lines who haven't sold out to the establishment? Because you know what? They did say that um, ma um, madness is trying to do the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No one is only looking at the Democrats and the Republicans. No one is Ke looking at the independence of sure. 
and the libertarian. Okay. Kevin, Kevin, let me let me stop you there. I've I've got the gist of your question. Thank you for putting that on the table. I'm going to cut you loose and uh, going to go to Bud first for for a response to that. Bud, um, you know, I mean, he Kevin mentions he goes to scope rallies and it's uh, it's it's mainly Republicans. I get the sense that guns is an issue that cuts across party lines. I mean, there are just as many conservative Democrats out there who probably belong to scope. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen your membership list, but. You know, can you can you enlighten me on that? What it is is uh, a matter of uh, party principles. For mm-hmm. example, uh, this is not on this subject, but I was uh, or I saw an, an article some time ago that uh, a local Democrat says if you're not uh, pro-choice, you can't be a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then you have the uh, the problem there if the party platform is anti-gun, which the Democratic Party is that platform is anti-gun, then you had tend to have people that are pro-gun that mm-hmm. will go away from that party. Let me, let me as long as we're talking politics here, let me, let me kind of take Kevin's point and, and go a little further, and we'll come back to maybe the Congressman Collins thing. We do see that the student groups anyway, down in Florida, you know, you mentioned earlier, or someone mentioned earlier, the question of Marco Rubio from the student down there. Um, you, you know, uh, your your group, uh, Andy, going after uh, Congressman Collins, it, it you know, is there a Democratic bent to your your group or to student groups today? Yeah, well, I touched upon this actually on the article I wrote recently on our website, studentsforaction.org. But basically, I think that my group, Students for Action, we would lean, many would say Democratic, but we're not put in a box by mm-hmm. that, I don't think. Okay. I don't think we're afraid to do that. I, I shouldn't have asked that question because I, I signaled to my producer, Joe Beamer, there that I was going to break, uh, and I, I kind of crossed him up. So I do have to take a break. Uh, we have to sell uh, sell some commercials so that we can make some money here so we can keep this programming going. But when we come back, we'll take more of your calls in studio with me, Andy Kowalczyk, uh, Bud Schroeder. They'll be holding over. In the meantime, I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome back to Hardline. Kevin Hardwick here, sitting in the studio with Andy Kowalczyk, Bud Schroeder, talking about guns, student activism, and the like. We go right back to the phones to Tony, Tony and Clarence. Tony, welcome to the program. Hello, Tony. It's Joe. It's uh, it's it's Joe. Okay, is it Joe and Clarence? Yeah, Joe and Clarence. And hey, listen, I'm a I'm a graduate of Saint Bonaventure, Canisius, and you be. Uh, well, all right. Well, we'll take Canisius on that one. Good. Congratulations, Joe. What's your question? Listen, you know, I've hunted. I've, had a, I've been a gun owner since I was a little boy. My dad was a policeman for years. I've gone in after lion, elephant, cape buffalo, leopard, the big big bears in Africa or in Alaska, with no more than three bullets in a gun. And today, I blame the, the gun manufacturers tied in with the NRA for their marketing, they're marketing ammunition as self-defense. They just they got another gun that's out now. It's called Just in Case. I just saw an ad. It's got the ultimate in in home defense. You know this is crazy. They're creating a furor in this country that everybody's home is going to be invaded. Mm-hmm. I think this is has perpetuated the AK-47 as not over something you must have. But also, in these guys that are a little bit nuts, that it's a macho kind of thing. And, you know, if a guy came into my house with, uh, with an AK-47, 
The only thing I've got in my closet is an African spear, and I'm telling you, I'll kill a guy with the AK-47. Well, there's... It's part of the NRA, tied in with the manufacturers, because the manufacturers are the ones that contribute most to the NRA. All right. about money. Joe, thank, thank you for calling, and sorry we messed up the name. Thank you, Joe. Um, response, uh, uh, Bud, uh, uh First of all, I'd have to uh, disagree with uh, Joe on the fact that uh, it's the membership that contributes the most money to the NRA, not the gun manufacturers, and I've had 18 years' experience watching that uh, happen. And uh, self-defense is the original do-it-yourself job. And what a person has to protect their lives depends on Mm -hmm. their attitudes. In fact, attitude, I think, is the uh, major ingredient of all that goes on as far as life is concerned, that uh, 99 and three quarters percent of all the gun owners, regardless of how many guns they have, are safe people Mm -hmm. because they're people. It's that one quarter of one percent that are either evil or deranged that are causing the problems. Okay, let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Bob in Buffalo. Bob, thank you for holding. Thank you. I'll uh, take the pro-gun control side this time. You know, uh, unlike most of the people talking, I did have a child in school about 27 years ago when a uh, deputy sheriff walked into the school over by the Peace Bridge, pulled his pistol and shoot his wife to death uh, with Mm. somebody there. Uh, You listen to Black Lives Matters, and they say guns in the hands of uh, law enforcement are a bad thing because they die most of Mm -hmm. the time. Waco, Texas was on last night, and we all saw... If you watched it, what the ATF and the uh, FBI did with uh, psychological warfare and then uh, how all of the kids died inside of the building when they were there to protect the children. Uh, We know that Ruby Ridge, the FBI, shot a mother uh, to death with her child in the hand. Mm -hmm. Maybe a gun should be taken out of uh, law enforcement. After all, the mayor of London now is trying to get rid of knives because they are a bad thing. And then just two quick comments to the young man. We've got almost 2,700 abortions uh, per day in this country. Nobody really cares about life anymore. And, by the way, if I call a 1-800 number because you're 17 and I uh, claim that your parents are taking drugs, do you know that your parents are forced to take a drug test in this state to prove their innocence? And that's just how bad things have gotten. No, hang up and I'll... Oh, oh, okay. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Bob, for those comments. Listen, let's, let's, uh, we, we got a yield at the bottom of the hour, so I'm going to try again as many phone calls as we can. Let's try again for Tony and Clarence. Tony, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you, Kevin. Uh, by the way, your program is uh, excellent, and I appreciate it, and I congratulate both of the people uh, discussing oh. calmly the issues. Thank you, Tony. You can call any time, by the way. In fact, uh, afterwards, I'll give you a direct number so you don't have to wait in line. <laughs> but go ahead. You have a have a question? Yeah, I've got quite a couple things. First of all, the Northeastern and Harvard study done March 18th of 2000 and completed and published in 2018, March 18th, shows that there that 3% of the population owns 50% of the guns in this country. There are too many guns in this country. We have over 300 million guns available for usage. That's a fact. And the other fact is that if 3% own 50%, you can draw your own conclusions as to what they're going to do with those guns. Secondly, Justice Scalia, in the Haller decision, 
in Chicago said that you can own a handgun to protect yourself. But he said the Second Amendment is limited. It is limited. You cannot own war-type guns. He said it. He's okay. conservative. Okay, I got my... Uh, Tony, thank you for those comments. I got my eye on the phone, and we're going to have to cut you loose and get some response. Uh, let's start with Andy to my left. So, basically, I think there are too many guns in America, and I think it has to do a lot with desensitizing. Again, like, I think just as time has gone on, we've become more accustomed to this kind of violence over and over again. And I think it just requires we need to find a common ground with these people that we necessarily might disagree with, but we have to try to solve the problem. Okay, but but I saw you shaking your head about uh, about the facts that uh, Tony was laying out there. Do you, do you dispute those facts? Absolutely. 3% owning 50% of the guns just doesn't make sense. There are over 80 million people. It's somewhere between 80 million and 100 million people who are gun owners, mm -hmm. and I doubt if 3% of them own uh, half of the guns. I own more than three guns, and most of the people that I know own more than three guns. It's a uh, fact that uh, all you need is one weapon to be dangerous. It doesn't even have to be a gun. So what's the difference if a person has one gun or 30 guns? He's only going to probably use just one to commit any, uh, any havoc provided that he's crazy or a criminal. What you need is a law that says criminals must obey the laws. And I think that's on the books already, but nobody pays attention to it. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, we don't have time before Neil McManus cuts in with the news for, a, uh, for another phone call. Uh, we're, we're kind of playing it by ear. Dave Graber uh, from Channel 4 is going to be joining us the next segment. I talked to uh, Andy and I talked to, uh, to Bud during the last break, and I think we're going to hold them over for one short more segment uh, and maybe let uh, Dave Graber ask a question or two of them. Uh, if you want to get in on the discussion, by the end of the show, I hope to squeeze in a couple more phone calls. There is right now one line available, 803-0930 is the number, 803-0930. No guarantees, though. Uh, we have to take a break now. As I said, Neil McManus is uh, there with the latest on the ice storm. Uh, when we come back, uh, more discussion about guns and student activism. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome back to Hardline. This is Kevin Hardwick sitting here again with uh, Bud Schroeder for one more segment, Bud of Scope, and Annie Kowalczyk, Clarence High School senior. Uh, Joe Beamer uh, just informed me during the break that the union rules here uh, say that I can't work without a rest for five minutes. So fortunately, Dave Graber from Channel 4 is uh, come in, and he's going to handle some of the questions. Dave, uh, you, uh, I saw him this morning. I was uh, on, on Channel 4. He was doing their Sunday wake-up program, and I was criticizing his tie. I apologize for that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, you can you can take over. They they are yours. Ask ask away. Those those pesky union rules. Those pesky union rules. What can you say? I appreciate it, Kevin. Uh, thanks so much for for having me. You know, obviously an important topic today, and one that has been taking the country uh, by storm, of course, since February fourteenth, and, and and even before. So I I guess my question uh, to to you, Bud. Let me throw this to you. When it comes to the young people who, who we now see taking to the streets of Washington, D.C. by the tens of thousands or the hundreds in, in Parkland, Florida, or just by the dozens here uh, in Clarence, what, what's your perspective when it comes to young people getting involved uh, on this topic that obviously is so dear to your heart? Well, I talked to Andy about this when I first met him. I think he's a wonderful kid, and I am so happy to see young people getting involved in politics because when I see uh, people getting together that are activists, if they have hair, it's gray. 
And uh, this is a wonderful thing that's happening. I don't uh, like the subject of why it's done, but uh, the fact that it is being done is encouraging. When you say you don't like the subject, do you mean because it is regarding gun rights or gun reform? Is that is that the problem on this is that I see, and uh, you made a, a point before that who is uh, behind this? Well, it's the old saying, follow the money. Who is providing the funding for the buses to take the kids from Baltimore to Washington, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? And I think it's the big uh, Bloomberg and uh, the other anti-gun groups that are actually financing this and stirring it up, so to speak. But to have the kids that are actually interested in getting involved in government, I think, is great. And, and Kevin, this is something that you and I have talked about tremendously, especially as a political science professor, as a legislator, as someone who has been in politics for decades. It's got to be refreshing to see, as Bud so eloquently put, people who are now getting involved in the political process have less gray hair than we're seeing in the past. Yeah, I'll tell you, it really is. It really is because politics matters. It's something I try to impress on my students at Canisius College, and it affects all of us. And the, whether we're talking about gun control or health care or Social Security, which affects Bud and soon will affect me a lot more, um, you know, this stuff is important. And it, it should be what we're talking about instead of what the Kardashians are doing or, or, or what have you. I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, from, from the Clarence perspective, you know, what was it like being a part of that um, and, and, and what kind of feedback, I think, maybe more importantly, what kind of feedback are you hearing from, from the community? Well, I mean, it's both positive and negative, but you can expect that with anything. Um, I try to listen to more of the positive things to keep me going, and I listen to the negative stuff to understand what I'm doing wrong. And I understand some people have a point, some people don't, but I'm just trying to grow and trying to keep pushing this process forward. That's uh, well. The uh, the union just informed me I can get back involved now, Dave. So thank you. <laughs> but listen, we 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 do have to take a quick break. But when we come back, Dave Graber is going to be here. Uh, we're going to have to say goodbye, uh, however, to our guests for the last hour. Uh, Clarence Senior, uh, high school senior Andy Kwalchik, and uh, Scope uh, Chairman Emeritus Bud Schroeder. Thank you both for being here today. I thought I thought what was important is again it's a it's a uh, something that's in the news. It's something people are passionate about. But we talked about it in an adult uh, manner. Uh, civil discourse is alive and well on WBen. Uh, when I come back, uh, we'll finish the show with Dave Graber. I'll interrogate him. He'll be on the other side of the mic this time, taking the uh, questions from me. Uh, we'll learn a little bit more about him and and maybe some of his uh, reactions to this issue. In the meantime, I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome back. This is Kevin Hardwick. Uh, welcome back to Hardline. Uh, the studio kind of cleared out. I'm, uh, I'm left here with Channel 4's Dave Graber, anchor from Channel 4. Uh, Dave, uh, um, I'll uh, reveal now the real reason you're here. I had an ulterior motive. I wanted to <laughs> confront you. Uh, you broke my sister Peggy's heart. Oh. Uh, as uh, you know, I uh, am originally from Binghamton, and right. you were doing some anchor work down there before Channel 4 saw you and said, we got to get that guy, and you broke her heart. Uh, Binghamton was a good place to uh, be for a few years. Not a bit. It's, it's a small buffalo, isn't it? It is. It really is. It is a great, uh, great community. Uh, I was in 
print for about 12 years before I got into television. So that was a great place to uh, you know, cut my teeth, so to speak, and, and learn. Uh, a wonderful community that certainly uh, w- welcomed us and welcomed me with, with open arms. Sad to see it go. Great schools down there as well. Now, so we now you, and, you and your wife are both from Ohio, although different parts of Ohio, yes? Or am she, I... she is from mid-Michigan, and I am from Ohio, from Cincinnati. Jeez. Well, I blew that one again. Uh, <laughs> anyway... Um, uh, you're doing now the uh, you're anchoring the 6:30 news at Correct. WIVB and the four but, o'clock and the four o'clock. But the 6:30 is something that's unusual. I mean, it's like who does the 6:30 news? Don't you know the national news is on? And you have the national CBS news after your six o'clock channel four news. The the CBS news comes on, but you're over there next door at the CW 23, right? That is correct. Doing another local newscast. What, uh, what's the idea behind that? I mean, whose idea was that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was a, a really great idea uh, on behalf of, of our news director, uh, Lisa Polster. Um, Listen, I mean, it, it obviously is one of those things where it makes people think because Jeff Glor is the hometown guy. He gets chosen to be uh, the CBS Evening News anchor, um, and here we are competing with him. But we don't look at it as a competition with national news or with, in particular, Jeff Glor and the CBS Evening News. At that time, people are getting home from work. Um, the purpose of that was people are getting home from work later and later, and they don't have an opportunity maybe to see a local newscast. Uh, so we are that resource um, for them. Um, and uh, it's been well-received thus far. I, I mean, everything from the numbers to the feedback we're so, getting. So you also anchor the 4 o'clock news, which is also Correct. something that's different. Uh, yeah, the four o'clock is a little bit older. Which is for the people getting home earlier and earlier from work. Correct, or the people who so you are... get the early and the late arrivals. Yes, exactly right. And and my co-anchor Christy Kern uh, had been doing the four for about a year before uh, before I jumped on board. Um, you know, she is incredible to work with. Uh, I think we make a great team. And again, the feedback that we've been receiving um, has has been great. So I really appreciate Channel 4 giving me so, the opportunity. So Channel 4, like the other local stations, has been covering this uh, group of students who had that forum recently in Clarence. Sure. Kind of, uh, you know, kind of our local version of what's been going down in Parkland. Are you like me? Are you kind of amazed at the impact that these, call them kids, sure. uh, in a non-condescending way, call them kids, have had, given the fact that uh, other groups, uh, after other tragedies, uh, haven't accomplished anything. I mean, I go back, uh, I, I pondered this uh, last hour, uh, you know, after the Sandy Hook shooting. I mean, what's more horrible than seeing those, you know, first graders and second right. graders mowed down? You would think that their parents would have had an impact. And I suppose they did in a limited sure. fashion, but, but these kids... Uh, from Parkland uh, had much bigger impact. I mean, do you wonder why that is? You know, it is. I, I think it's a good question. And and there are parents of Sandy Hook students who were still on Capitol Hill yes. and, and participating in, in hearings and, and getting legislation, uh, trying to get legislation passed. Um, you obviously see them in far fewer numbers than you're seeing. You know, th- there's not tens of thousands of parents uh, from Sandy Hook that are marching on Washington, as you saw uh, the Parkland students and kind of what they ignited uh, there. Um, yeah, you do got to wonder if if was it just the timing? Was it the, the, the resulting coverage? Was it the fact that, um, you know, uh, 
as I'm sitting here thinking sort of on, on my feet here, you also have a different case where the law enforcement in that area were very open about the investigation. They were very open about uh, what was happening. They were having multiple press conferences that were giving people the opportunity to tune in and learn more about about the tragedy uh, on, on Valentine's Day in, in southern Florida. So I think all of that kind of mixed together has had an impact the question, though, you really have to ask yourself is, is this lasting? How long are we going to do this before people, the general public, not these students, yeah. but the general public, turn to something else? Our attention spans are just so short. Well, and you have to be so sensitive to that, yeah. uh, that in the news business. I you mean, do. You have to ask yourself, well, how many days can I go with this story? How many more days do people want to hear about it Absolutely. before it gets stale? Because you're still ratings driven. Yeah, we are ratings driven, but also we have an obligation to cover what is news. Out but are, there. are are there things that groups like the group in Parkland or the group locally, this group of, of of students can do to get your attention? I mean, they pick at a congressman's office or something like that. You say, well, I got to cover that. Right. That is exactly right. I, I mean, if. Are we going to cover them every single time? Well, I mean, it, it depends on resources, perhaps, is, is one of the big things. Obviously, this is... Depends uh, this, on if there's an ice storm. Well, if there's, if there's an ice storm and they're having a protest, I'm sorry, yeah. we're going to have to go with the ice storm. It's just not... You it know, affects it's a, a lot more resources. people. And it affects a lot more people, yes. But, uh, you know, we, we try to, to provide that perspective, particularly the young people in, in our community. If they are getting out there, if they are getting involved, I think that warrants coverage. I really do. You know, you think about groups that have had made a difference, uh, and and again, I, I I point to these students having much greater difference than other you know gun control groups sure. in the past. Um, I think of a local example, and that's the families of the uh, Flight 3407 victims. Absolutely. I mean, and I use that in my classes at Canisius College all the time, saying people matter, politics matter. I mean, what those people were able to accomplish. I mean, you know. Made us all better off. It, it it made my flight on a regional carrier safer. Made your flight. Uh, they they made a difference. And again, it was the passion. They were affected by this, and they were doing it. They they were, they were motivated by their love for the the victims of 3407 and you have people who are willing to listen and at least help to take up the cause including congressman chris collins senator schumer um both of those folks have stumped for a long time for those folks and i'm just mentioning those two off the top of my head there mm -hmm. are many other state and federal legislators who, who who are who have been talking on behalf of and trying to get some of that legislation passed but the fact that they were able to change faa rules which were sort of in danger of being changed back at the beginning of this year. Um, I think is you're right. It's, it's an incredible thing. You know, you know, again, we're having this free flowing conversation and I'm thinking of things like you on, on my feet. Um, you know what we had last hour when we had uh, Andy Kowalczyk here, the senior from Clarence high school and Bud Schroeder, a much older individual uh, chairman of scope, the shooters committee on political education, very different views we had a very, you know, civil discussion, sure. which is which is lacking today. Um, and one of the reasons it's probably lacking is that uh, the people in your business, not necessarily Channel 4, but uh, cable news and whatnot, a civil discussion is probably not what people want to watch. There's so they, much they, they want to watch. They want to watch the WWE <laughs> right. on issues, right? Right. right. You, you do it's, have to It's wonder. a lot more entertaining to uh, to watch people hurl insults at each other. I guess it is, but but I mean, when you do, you want to subject yourself to that kind of a caustic environment. I mean, I try to watch all well, well, cable well, news 
channels well, to get it, my perspective from everybody. If you're the head of one of those stations, well, you want to make money. Yeah, money well, yes. And ratings and eyes. Yes, that, that, is, that is your goal. That is your aim. But also, what are you adding to the political discourse? What are you adding to the conversation if you literally can't hear one another talk? If you and I were screaming at each other, the, certainly the listeners wouldn't benefit. Neither would the issues. Yeah, but they'd like it. <laughs> I guess they would. They'd like it and they'd listen. <laughs> if we started throwing chairs in here. Well, that, yeah, we'd have to have we'd have to put that out on Facebook or something like that, <laughs> right. Facebook Live. Um, let me, you know, as long as we're talking about about where we are sure. today, um, there's a lot of talk uh, driven by President Trump, of course, about so-called fake news. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who's gone to a journalism school, right. I, I imagine you did graduate. You didn't. You weren't fortunate enough to go to Canisius College. I was. But not. You, did, you did go to school. I did. Miami University of Ohio. Miami University of Ohio. And you went for. Were you a journalism major, a communications? Or? I was. I was a journalism print major. Yeah. How do you? I, I mean, when you hear the term fake news, um, certainly, you know, from my perspective, I, you know, I cringe every time I hear that. Agreed. Although. You know, there's there's always been, or at least again, I'm coming from it from a, a slightly conservative standpoint, sure. a, a, a a Republican uh, standpoint. You know, there's always seems to have been a media bias uh, towards the left against the right, and and this just is a manifestation of that, is it not? What are your thoughts on fake news? Yeah, I I I think there are sort of. There have become two definitions of of fake news. I would say one, the perhaps spewing of false facts Mm -hmm. that is to be taken literally. Also, and I think this has been driven largely by the president um, and, and the far right, if you will, is if it's something that differs from your opinion, it's fake news. No matter just if it's it well sourced, news. yeah. If if it's well sourced, or if 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 there are uh, if there's a tremendous amount of truth to it, the actual truth, if it doesn't fall in, if it doesn't fall in line with maybe your political stance or your views or your morals, automatically it's fake news. That is kind of what I have a problem you, with. You know, I I look at some. Uh, reporters, some some on, on cable news networks that right. I looked up to for a lo- long time. Say Jake Tapper as sure. an example. Uh, I thought Jake was when he was with ABC was just super. I wish that he got the Stephanopoulos show after Stephanopoulos moved on and they gave it to Amanpour. I thought that was a mistake. Anyway, he moves over to CNN, and it, it seems to me as as good as he is, as much as I like him, he's kind of gotten sucked into tit for tat and and sparring with the president and he you know i follow him on twitter and i see the stuff he's tweeting out and i say oh my god you know would walter cronkite ever do that you know, absolutely not right. I, I i mean the president seems to have sucked all these journalists in who used to have a lot of people's respect and now they're down in the dirt with him and that's exa- you put it so perfectly down in the dirt and 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 why what for what what do you benefit if you are a journalist exchanging conversations or tweets or whatever with someone or with anyone who who is dragging you down in the dirt and then the fake news the fake news charge or at least the the bias against the the republicans becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that's true it does because they do go out of their way i mean they're mad they're trapped they're they're mad and and they're going after the president or they're going after this person or that person as a journalist just again i grew up with uncle walter the, the the most trusted man in America. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I see what it's come to and I say, you know, I, I mean, 
I mean, you have to have thoughts on this. You're at you're at old Uncle Walter's network. Yeah, absolutely. I I think also social media has had a huge impact as well. People are able to now more freely share their ideas, their perspective, um, stories that that are not as well sourced or stories that are literal fake news. Fake news. All and of a sudden, gain more popularity and, and, on Facebook or and, Twitter or whatever. Twitter is mean. It is. It is a mean area. But you have to. To kind of expand on on your point before about people like Jake Tapper kind of getting down in the dirt or going tit for tat, you have to be able to stay above that. Everything that I put out there, if if it's well-sourced, if it's a story that I'm proud of, not everyone is going to like it. That doesn't mean I have to fire back at the person who doesn't like it. They're allowed not to like that story or disagree with what someone said in a story that I'm reporting. That's fine. And, and I got to say, as we we wrap sure. up the show, that that you do a fine job of that, with the exception of that tie this morning. Again, I still <laughs> I I'm going to have to call that. my granddaughter in and ask her about that tie. <laughs> it wasn't just a tie; it was the way it, with with everything else. I just it's, it stood out to me. I'm sorry <laughs> on, on your Sunday morning. My wake wife up. liked it. My, it was. I want to I want to thank all my guests, especially Dave Graber. Uh, thank God he came without his tie. I also want to thank uh, our producer Joe Beamer. Uh, I want to thank Tim Wenger for allowing uh, you know giving over the keys to this show to a to a to an idiot like me. Uh, and I want to thank you, the listeners. And we'll be back here next week on WBN. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're you've been listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.